And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And we are continuing this week with the series on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. And the armor of God is described between verses 10 and 18. And we began the series last week. We're in part two this week. So let's recap from last week. And we're going to be in the Amplified Classic Edition of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. So here we see that we need to be strong. It is an action for us to apply our faith, to believe that God is, and God is a rewarder, of those who diligently seek him, but that God is on the throne. Your heavenly Father is on the throne. His Son Jesus sits next to him on the right-hand side, and if you are born again, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ. This should give you an assurance today of your position in Christ as a son of God, but also the fact that Jesus is above all evil, and you are seated in him, should give you confidence and an assurance of peace that you are ranked above evil in Christ. You should not fear. You should not be anxious for anything because you're in him. Nothing and no one can take you out of Jesus's hand. Be strong. There's no need to be weak. Even the Bible says, let the weak say that we are strong. So in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. So your union with him empowers you. So we need to seek the Lord and be in right relationship with him. We should be in union with him. If you are in union with something, you cannot see a gap between you and the thing or the person that you are in union with. If you are married... Even the Lord made you one flesh with your spouse. You should not see a gap between you. You are united. You are in union. You should not see a gap between you and Christ. You are one spirit with the Lord if you are born again. So there is no reason to not act what is now the case in your life. Act in union with God. Go into that secret place, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, that private room. Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret. He will reward you openly. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. His might is boundless. His strength is boundless. It's limitless. So pull and draw on His strength for yourself. You see, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So when you are doing something through Christ, you are doing it in union with him, and he strengthens you. You see how the Bible confirms itself in more than one place. Do not be feeling that you are unworthy of pulling on God's strength, drawing on his strength. You know Jesus paid a heavy price for you to be who you are now. So be thankful that the Lord suffered greatly for you to be now positioned with him in him. Verse 11, put on God's whole armor, not one piece, but the entire armor. 
the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. God does not provide something that's not needed, and He doesn't provide more than what is needed. Yes, He gives us an abundance of things. If He gives us an abundance of wealth, it is for us to give away to those who don't have an abundance of wealth, so that they may know the Lord, that He may receive the glory. But otherwise, God does not supply more than what is needed for a given task. And so, if He has given his armor, which is the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, then there is a reason that we need to be heavily armed. It is because we have an attacker who wants to wound us with deceit and different schemes, strategies and deceits. We have an enemy who has strategies and deceits planned against us. But if we are wearing the armor, those strategies and deceits will not work. They will fail every time. If we are wearing and knowledgeable of each part of our armor that we're wearing. So verse 11 is, Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. You see, the armor is God's. It's not made by us because it's spiritual armor. It also belongs to him because the word says it's God's whole armor. He is letting you wear his armor that he created for you so that you would not be wounded when the enemy attempts to attack you. So how do we see this in everyday life? So for example, when someone says something mean to you, if you know specific truths in scripture, then you will be wearing your belt of truth, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14, which will help you understand why the situation is happening or why a person is being disrespectful or hurtful towards you. If you are meditating on the Word of God day and night, it allows the Holy Spirit to bring specific scriptures to your remembrance. So, we have the belt of truth, which in the Weist translation of the New Testament is translated sphere. Not spear, but sphere of truth. S-P-H-E-R-E. Belt of truth, sphere of truth. We have that belt of truth when we read the word of God, accept it as the truth, but then we believe it and act it. Then we will know it. Once we know and are convinced of the truth of the, of a particular topic in the word, then we know it and we can never be dissuaded from It being the truth. We are standing on a rock at that point. We are not standing on sand. We are not tossed to and fro in double-mindedness. No one can convince us otherwise of the truth. That is when your belt of truth is on you. But the belt of truth, think of it this way. The belt is made of material, and we want to make sure that material is strong. It needs to be strong armor. And you cannot just read John chapter 3 verse 16 and say, I've got the belt of truth on now. Because the enemy can deceive you in many ways. And you cannot just read one verse and memorize John chapter 3 verse 16 and say, I'm good now. I am fine now. No, we need to study the verses of the word of God, particularly those things that Jesus has taught. But the entire New Testament and then go back to the old 
so that you will have an understanding of the truth of the Word of God, you'll have an understanding of the Lord's nature and His character, such that you will be able to detect a deceitful attack from the enemy or a strategy of the enemy, where the enemy is trying to dislodge you from your position, from where you believe you are in Christ. He wants you to just doubt who you are in Christ. He wants you to doubt God's love. He wants you to doubt, does God really love you? God really protect you? Did he really give you this armor? He will talk to you like he talked to Eve in the garden. Did God really say? So this is when you have to read the word, know it, and you cannot be dissuaded. Remember, Eve first responded to the devil, to the serpent. Well, God said, and Eve got it right the first time, but then she was deceived when the enemy twisted the truth with a lie. You have to go beyond how far Eve went and continue to say, no, it is written, just like Jesus did in the wilderness with Satan. You have to be lockstep with the Lord. You have to be lockstep in the word that you cannot be dissuaded from the truth by anyone's opinion and certainly not a devil. So when you know specific truths, and I'll give you a couple of examples, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, it says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace, verse 7, shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, here's the union again, in Christ That's you in union with Jesus. You're in Christ. You're in union with him. So pull and draw your strength from your union. And that strength is empowered by your union with him. So if you know that you can obtain God's peace and you are in God's peace, then you can be at peace through whatever storm or deceit or attack is coming against you. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the deputisms, against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. So when someone is mean to you, remember it's not them really speaking to you. They're opening up their mouths. They're using their free will to decide to attack you but it is their fallen nature, inspired by evil, inspired by the darkness, inspired by probably an evil spirit speaking to them to suggest what they should say to you. Because the enemy does not like you, doesn't like me. Satan hates all of us, but he's the one that lost. He's the one, and a third of the angels that were deceived by him, went with him. They are lost. They will remain in darkness, and they will go into the lake of fire in that day. But until that time, we have to contend and deal with these situations, and the armor of God will protect you from such attacks. 
So knowing these verses, for example, will help you understand the person that's in front of you is being influenced by their fallen nature to be mean to you, to attack you verbally, or worse. And so we have to understand that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're not wrestling with them. We're wrestling with the powers that are behind influencing them. This can help you understand why they are behaving the way they are and allows you to be compassionate and empathetic towards the situation and tell them about Jesus, that you will pray for them, that you are seeking the Lord to help them in their situation. Ask them if you can pray for them, even if they say no. As you go away, pray for them anyway. Continue to pray for that person, even if they are a stranger in the street. Walk away if they don't want prayer, but pray for them. The Lord knows their name. The Lord will answer your prayer. And you may end up seeing them in heaven one day, and they will come back to you and say, Thank you for praying for me. Thank you, and I'm sorry that I spoke to you that day about that. Once we know these scriptures, only then can we understand that this person is being used by the enemy to attack our soul, our heart. Remember, they are the ones in darkness. We are the ones in the light. We have Christ, and they don't yet have Christ. The darkness is confounded by the light. The darkness cannot stand the light. Devils can't stand the name of Jesus. Remember in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus was talking to people who had the characteristics of the devil. There were the Pharisees and others around him. And he says, You are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. For he is a liar himself, and the father of lies, and of all that is false. This verse here does not just apply in the moment that Jesus had the conversation with those people. It applies to everyone who doesn't yet know Jesus. They are of their father the devil, and they may not like to know that, but it's the truth. They have characteristics. They have a free will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of their father. They speak what's natural to them. They are in darkness and they are not yet in the light. They have not yet become born again and they have not yet read the word and believed scripture, taken Jesus as Lord in order to be transformed from their old self to looking and acting more like Jesus. So you then understand, because you are familiar with these verses, you have a belt of truth that you're wearing. That belt of truth comes from you reading the Word of God and believing it's true and knowing it so that situations like this, when someone is mean or hurtful to you, you understand where the attack is coming from. It's coming from their father, through them. They're in darkness. You're not warring against their flesh and their blood physically in front of you. Instead, you're warring against the evil spirits of their own Adamic fallen nature. Adamic meaning the first Adam that's influencing them. There are the souls that are still being mean to others and cursing, swearing, stealing, and killing. They are acting like this because they are fallen and are actually groaning to be delivered. Romans chapter 8 verse 22 says, We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now. See, this is not just the creation of the world. 
where you see earthquakes and hurricanes and typhoons and tornadoes and destruction on the earth because the earth is groaning, the physical planet, but also the irrational creatures. That would include those that are human beings that are still fallen in their nature. They're fragmented. They're broken because of the fall of man all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, where Eve ate of the fruit of the tree that God told her not to touch. And then Adam did as well. They disobeyed the Lord. They obeyed Satan. And that's why man, out of his mother's womb, every day babies are being born into the Adamic nature, the first Adam, because of the lineage back to Adam. And that is why God's creation has to become born again, or it will end up in hell. It will end up in the place where its spirit and soul is most like, which is fallen, which is certainly not in heaven. It's a sinful nature, and a sinful nature has to be forgiven, wiped away with Jesus' blood completely, and then their spirit has to be regenerated. Their soul has to be re-educated, renewed to the truth of the word, so that we get rid of that thick layer of mud around our bodies that came with us out of our mother's womb. Get rid of that. Be cleansed by the blood of Jesus so that we are white as snow. Not deservingly, because we don't deserve any good thing from God. That is why God's grace abounds more than sin abounds. So when people are complaining to you, people are mean to you, people are hurtful, they're just hurting inside, frustrated inside, angry inside, and want to be out of themselves. They are groaning. They are moaning together in the pains of labor until now, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 22. See, the lukewarm, which Jesus said he will spew out in that day, he will spew out the lukewarm. He would rather have you cold or hot. Cold meaning you don't know anything about the Lord and you are open to be witness to so that you make a decision. If you're hot, you're on fire for the Lord. You are seeking him with everything in you. Jesus would prefer you be either hot or cold. But if you're in the middle, if you're lukewarm, that means that you believe that you said the prayer, you're going to church one time per week, perhaps, if that, but you're not reading the word, you're not having a union with Christ, you're not spending time in union with him, you're not doing what he told you to do, which is to tell people about him, to love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love your neighbor, to tell people about Jesus, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to cast out demons, to to feed his sheep if you love him. The lukewarm will forever be carnal and unrenewed in their mind unless they submit their hearts to God and abide in Christ and do his commandments. Then they will not be lukewarm, but hotter for God. The lukewarm are not in union with Christ. They're not abiding in him, John chapter 15. So it's a dangerous place to be as a lukewarm Christian. Is a lukewarm Christian really a Christian? Or they're just a lukewarm individual that believes they're saved. They believe they're going to heaven, but they are deceiving their own selves because they are hearers of the word, but they're not doers of the word. They're deceiving themselves. The enemy has been coaxing and persuading them. That's all they needed to do that one day in the past. Go to the altar, say the prayer. Now they don't have to apply themselves. That's a very dangerous place to be. If Jesus said, I will spew the lukewarm out of my mouth, that means 
that they are not going to heaven. They need to submit to God. They need to be in union with Him. They need to rededicate themselves to Christ, to become born again truly, and to seek Him with all of their heart, and they will find Him. The other issue about being lukewarm is that you are not a witness to Christ. You're actually a witness against Christ, because if someone is watching you, and you say you're a Christian, but you're not doing what Jesus told you to do, you're not being an example of Christ, then others will not necessarily think twice about becoming a Christian because you will look just like they do. Verse 13, Therefore put on God's complete armor, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. We don't need to run from our enemy. We can stand firmly in our place with our armor-plated protection from the Lord. God's whole armor. We will be continuing through the pieces of armor over the next few weeks. Just because we are born again doesn't mean we have all of our armor on. We need to check our armor. Just as a soldier checks that everything is put on right, everything is tightened, everything is ready for battle. Remember, the Lord has won the war. Jesus has won the victory. The war is over, but the battles continue every day. If the devil, our enemy, did the right thing, he would say, Jesus, you won. I'm going to stop all my attacks. It is only right for me to stop because you won. You defeated me. But the devil is not like that. He is continuing to attack even after Jesus has won the victory. But now, because you are in Christ and Christ is in you, the hope of glory, you can declare God's word over situations before an attack is successful. You can stand firmly with your belt of truth, your helmet of salvation on your head, the breastplate of righteousness, the way you act, uprightness. You are clothed in the breastplate of righteousness because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but also because you are doing upright actions. You are not among the scoffers and the mockers. You are not dwelling with evil. You are the light And Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You can lay hands on the sick. They shall recover because you are doing the right thing. You are believing by faith that God has already healed them and their body lines up with the word once you exert your faith upon that situation. That is right. That is doing the right thing. It is uprightness. It is righteousness. And that is part of the clothing of your breastplate of righteousness. If you would like us to pray for you, you can go to our website at touchofgod.world, touchofgod.world, send us a prayer request, and you can also leave your phone number on there so we can call you at our expense. We'd love to pray for you over the phone through WhatsApp or other means if you need us to. You can also partner with us through the website, and you can listen to other broadcasts that we've had as well. Next week, we will be continuing this series on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. And until then, you have a blessed week. Amen.